all my paranormal misfits and welcome to the Paranormal Misfit Podcast. I am your host Chrissy and I'm here to talk about all things paranormal and spooky. From experience that I or someone else has had, to the shows, movies, and books, to lores and legends, and to the places known for the paranormal. I'm going to talk about all of it. I myself am a believer with a healthy set of skepticism. Uh, You'll hear my thoughts and feelings about different topics revolving around the paranormal, so cozy up with your favorite beverage of choice and listen along. Welcome all my misfit ghouls. Uh, This is the fourth long-awaited episode, it seems. Uh, I had been sick for a couple weeks, and then I accepted a new position at my job, so things got a little swamped, but I am back and ready. So... Tonight's podcast is going to be about uh, 28 Days Haunted, which is a new series on Netflix that was brought on during the spooky time of the month, uh, last month. So basically, this this series was created by the son-in-law of the Warrens, Tony Sherpa, I believe is his name. Um, So basically what he's done is they've created a TV series or little series. I don't know if this is getting uh, renewed for a second season. I really hope not because honestly it was terrible. But anyways, besides that, so the breakdown is, is that the Warrens paranormal team known for the Amityville horror, Annabelle and the conjuring have theorized that to truly have a successful paranormal investigation and to really connect with the spirits, you need to remain in the place of study for a full 28 days with no contact with the outside world. So I'm not the biggest fan of the Warrens and their proof of their cases and how they handle and present the cases of basically them exploiting people. Um, I'm going to strictly focus on the show and the three different teams thrown into three different haunted locations. So the locations are Madison Dry Goods Store in North Carolina, a Lumber Baron Inn in Denver, Colorado, and Captain Granson in Preston, Connecticut. So most of these teams have two to three people ranging from psychic mediums to demonologists to just paranormal investigators. Um, One drawback for me is that when they're put into these locations, they get no type of background, no history, no nothing. They're walking into the place blind and basically whatever they experience is from their own, um, obviously from their own perspective and with no true guidance. So, yeah. Um, so the teams, uh, <laughs> you got three different teams. Um, the one at the dry goods store is a psychic medium and a demonologist. And then the other two have a psychic medium and then two friends or, uh, co-investigators from different, uh, paranormal investigation teams. So when you're watching the series, you slowly start to watch uh, these teams kind of implode on each other. Um, One that really stuck out with me that really struck a feminist chord was that there were two guys who are friends. They are paranormal investigators, and uh, they were in, I believe, the Madison Inn? Was that one of them? Hold on. Nope, not Madison Dry Goods. The Lumber Baron in. Were they in Lumber Baron Inn? They're either in the Lumber Baron Inn or Captain Grant's Inn, and I don't really remember which one. It's been a hot second since I watched it. Um, 
so basically there were these two guys and one of them felt that the psychic medium should have, uh, or the psychic, not the psychic medium, but the psychic or the medium, whichever one she was, should have been pushing herself to the limits past her boundaries, past everything to get them the answers that they wanted because those guys were doing it too, which they weren't. All they were doing is staying in a haunted location and just investigating. They weren't doing anything outside of their norm. Um, so for sure, one of the guys basically had a straight out hissy fit saying that she needed to do this. She needed to do that. I don't understand why you're here and all of this stuff because she set her boundary and she wasn't going to go past it. Um, she ended up doing more of a, I believe it was with, uh, candle scrying, fire scrying, as opposed to the mirror scrying. She said she would never do mirror scrying because it has put herself they put herself in a bad place one time before and she refuses to do whatever again, which I completely understand. Um, so the other part of this is it's kind of like a social psychological type of series. Um, mainly because the social aspect is, is they're, you know, they're stuck in a haunted location, a supposed haunted location um, that the Warrens had deemed haunted, by the way. I had never heard of these areas. I haven't seen them on too many shows or anything, so I don't really know the validity behind that. Um, but basically, it kind of shows you definitely the psychological factor of being cut off from the main world for 28 days. You know, these people aren't allowed to have phone calls. They're not allowed to play on the internet. They're not allowed to have any sort of outside world um, connection. So, you know, that can get pretty intense. Uh, there was a physical issue. Uh, a guy named Jerome, he's the Cajun demonologist, I believe is what he's nicknamed himself, uh, was rushed to the hospital after suffering a heart attack. Um, and he was investigating with a medium at the Madison Dry Goods location. So, um... A lot of the psychological effects that you did see were depression, anger, and um, so on. You know, them basically fighting with each other, fighting amongst each other, fighting within themselves. Some of them wanting to back out. Some of them, you know, not really sure what they're, what they're doing, why they're here. And as I said, you had teams um, turn on each other. And normally the animosity was aimed at the psychics or the mediums because they would have the best boundaries. I believe, being set. And, you know, most of the time when someone hears whether or not they're a paranormal investigator, usually you still have a healthy set of skepticism uh, about mediums and psychics. And, you know, there was one where this this one guy was straight out just not believing what the medium was saying. Oh, my God. Like, there was one point where the guy comes, uh, he's taking a shower, he comes out of the shower, and he sees, like, writing on the steamed mirror or whatever. So he runs downstairs and this is the medium. He runs downstairs to tell the guys. And one of the guys is like, I don't believe you. I think it's a crock of crap. That kind of thing. So, um, yeah, there was two friends, Aaron and Nick, <laughs> which is funny because that's, that's the name of the guys from ghost, ghost adventures, the originals. Um, anyways, who were friends and investigators and they ended up breaking up for a bit afterwards. And I guess this 28 days was far too long with each other. Um, you know, one of them felt that they were being steamrolled by the other because he would kind of like put down his ideas or put down his perspectives and stuff. So I could see where that could kind of take a toll on someone. Um, 
So with the show, while there were, you know, bumps in the night, EVPs caught, opening doors, crashes and such, um, honestly, the show is very cringy and really terrible. It felt so scripted. Um, <laughs> like terribly. And then, you know, you'd have... Um, so the teams themselves had like camera equipment up. They had to carry their own camera equipment. Obviously they at least had to, what the main focus of the show was they had to do a daily investigation. Didn't matter what time, didn't matter when, how long they just had to do an investigation. And with that, Tony and someone else, I don't really remember his name. were watching basically from like a, what do they call them? I guess like the, not the, not the panic rooms. What are they called? Like nerve center. That's what they use in ghost adventures. That's what I'm trying to get back to. Um, at a nerve center watching each three of these teams and then they would make their little quips or their little, you know, oh man, they're really about to have a breakthrough. They're ruining, you know, it kind of just, oh, it screams that Tony is just looking to claw every inch and every way and hold on tight to the popularity of the Warrens. And monetize on, you know, their following, basically. And I apologize, my kids are doing laundry and chores, so if you hear some vacuum cleaning, you know, that's what it is. Um, so anyways, back to the show. So for me, there was no reason to this show. Like, you know, at least with Ghost Adventures, even though I'm not the biggest, like, fan. I like watching them for background noise and for a good laugh, but for the most part, I'm kind of like, eh, on them. Um, I would watch Ghost Adventures over this show. I would watch a full-on all 26 seasons of Ghost Adventures over this one series. And this series was six episodes long, and the episodes were like 45 minutes, but they felt so much longer because you were just... <sighs> it was terrible, honestly. Um, if anything, this show made me angry on how it was done on... You know, it didn't prove the Warren's theory, not that I would believe any of their theories anyways. Uh, while all three locations did have a dark and bloody past, which I thought was interesting, because that's not really... I mean, to me, that's not really a good way to find out about a theory, because you just pick the location. Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> um, they did pick three locations that did have a dark, bloody past to say there was anything paranormal could be questioned just because of there was a few things that happened. So it was interesting. I'm very sus um, on how each location, not far into the investigation, the team seemed to find, and I mean find the details of each dark past so easily. Um, you know, for one, it was there, I believe there was a basement that went into um, like an underground tunnel, and I think this one was Connecticut's. They went into an underground tunnel, and lo and behold, there was, like, a newspaper clipping found about the deaths that happened in the location, and I was like, that's pretty sus. Um, I really, I, <laughs> I'm a huge skeptic of mediums and psychics. So when the psychics and the mediums were hitting dead on of like, oh, they're telling me this or, oh, they're telling me that the ghosts are telling me this. And it's like word for word, the story, basically, like I have, it kind of sets me back a little bit. 
Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it about this show. I mean, if you want to check it out because you're curious, go for it. I will never stop anyone from checking out something if they're curious. Uh, if you're looking for a good laugh or want some background noise, that is what this show is honestly good for. I have heard rumors and seen rumors online about there maybe being a second season. And if there is a second season, it's because Netflix is monetizing and so is Tony on the popularity of the Warrens. And I think eventually the Warrens will kind of lose that popularity, hopefully, once more comes to light. I mean, I've checked out quite a few podcasts and done some reading on them. And honestly, a lot of their stuff seems very fraudulent, very sus, very, you know, let's not let's not accept that this is a mental illness. Let's just say this is a demon kind of thing. And that, that to me, like satanic panic and all of that, and, you know, falling back on some sort of religious aspect as opposed to accepting and kind of fixing, not fixing, but it's not really healing, but trying to help alleviate those, those mental illnesses would be more beneficial than calling it a demon, doing an exorcism and potentially, you know, starting more satanic panic. I don't know. That's just me. I'm also not a huge fan of Tony. That man is creepy by all get out. Every time I see him on the screen, I get, I get the chills. It's nasty. Um, but yeah, anyway, so like I said, 28 days haunted, checked it out, felt like a waste of time though. I still made myself watch it because I, I'm one of those hopeful people. I'm like, first episode in, okay, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get better. And by the sixth episode, I was like, well, that was just terrible. Fucking terrible. I cannot believe I just sat here and watched it all. But anyways, that is it for my 28 Days Haunted. Um, if you do happen to check out the show, you know, leave me a comment on Instagram or send me a DM. Um, I'm always open to hearing some feedback. So, yeah. Well, that concludes this episode of the Paranormal Misfits. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to keep up with the latest and greatest, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're listening to on. And give me a follow on Instagram at Paranormal Misfit. If you have your own spooky paranormal story you'd like to share or want to hear about a particular lore, place, or whatnot, please feel free to drop me a DM in Instagram and on that note, I will catch you all later at the next episode, my ghouls.